yeah, having my head shoved into the uh, steps of the Ulster Bank in Ranelagh, cold butt of a gun put into the back of your skull. That's a moment where you go, okay, yeah, I think this one's up. How does a high-flying academic become one of Ireland's most prolific bank robbers? What I would see is the most important part of this still lies open. I'm not here to hurt you. A brand new series from the award-winning team behind the Indo Daily. That November day, that's where it all, all begins. Out now, wherever you get your podcasts. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time imon irok the yen of chacht erachor. Agus suligam a makan sha gurfeder erachor inuik kiart len of winter fein. Skilti fis turmi. Tashe dochretche nach vetoch ara egornamian on kestchen ekol. Vien talam aginam griv arkar nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. It's amazing how listening to music can make you feel at one with yourself and unify your mind and make you feel sort of, you know, really enjoy it. And I, I remember actually I was listening to Bad by U2, which I love anyway. It's a great piece of work. And um, I just thought it's amazing how that makes you feel so much better. And I just kind of said, it's like a oneness. It makes you feel at one with sound. And just the name One Sonic popped into my head. And I just thought that has to be the name of this company. Hello, you're welcome to The Big Tech Show with me, Adrian Weckler. Now, three years ago, I interviewed our next guest, David Colley, who's an acoustic designer who created Ireland's first and only audio brand, One Sonic. The company now has noise-canceling headphones, earbuds, and several speakers. But what is it like to try to take on Sony and Apple and Samsung and Bose and JBL and all of the rest? David Colley, you're very welcome back to the podcast studio. Hi, Adrian. Good to be here and hello to your listeners. So. Before we get into the question I asked about how easy or difficult it is to take on these mega brands in a retail environment, just remind me how One Sonic got its name. How we got our name? Oh, it's a funny story. Well, we've been a, let me see, developing, we'd been developing the One Sonic product range for like a, a few years before we mm. actually launched. And it had a different name, which came out of our other company, which is an, an acoustic and audio design consultancy. Um, and I was, I, I personally don't struggle from mental health issues, right? But I do understand them from, I don't, and I don't also drink alcohol, right? Um, and the reason I don't drink alcohol is because I want to avoid <laughs> mental health issues. So, um, fascinating to see where this is going. I know, yeah, I can see you getting nervous. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I was actually at a stag in Dingle and I was driving back on the Sunday. And let's just say there was a couple of late nights and I wasn't in great shape. And I was listening to you two 80s to 90s um, in the car. And I had a great sound system in that car. And I was, I was not feeling great. And my mind was not in a good place after a heavy weekend in Dingle. And I just thought to myself, isn't it? It's amazing how listening to music 
can make you feel at one with yourself and unify your mind and make you feel sort of, you know, really enjoy it. And I, I remember actually I was listening to Bad by You 2 which I love anyway. It's great. It's a great piece of piece of work. And um, I just thought it's amazing how that makes you feel so much, so much better. And I just kind of said, it's like a oneness. It makes you feel at one with sound. And just the name One Sonic popped into my head. And I just thought that has to be the name of this company. Because you see, sound quality is always, has always been our North Star, right? Um, and you need, you need good sound quality to enjoy your music. So it's totally linked. One Sonic is about enjoying music and it's created to enjoy music. It's very subjective, though, isn't it? Because I cover a lot of speakers and headphones and buds, and indeed I've uh, covered one Sonic's buds and speakers. And what is quality clear music or sound to one person might be tinny or overly bassy to 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 someone else. I like, for example, I'll just throw out some of my own um, biases here. I find. JBL, for example, although overall I, I actually rate them very well, they, they're slightly overly bassy. They, mm. they really maximize the bass. Compared to, say, Sony, for example, from which you won't get as big a sound, I'm talking with speakers now, but you will get, I think, a slightly more even sound. And I would say the same for Bose. Mm. Um, but that's my preference. I, I know you, you go into YouTube and you do a search for speaker reviews and you will find you know, umpteen reviewers who say, no, 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 JBL is the way to go because it has this lovely big bass sound. Yeah, you know? sure. So what what approach, how did you, um, you're an acoustic designer, how did you approach the question of what is good quality sound? Scientifically is a short answer. Like I, I've been a musician since I was three years of age, mm. right? So I think I probably... Music is almost merged, in, it's, it's engraved into my mind at this stage. Um, and, you know, that's the, that's the passion behind One Sonic, if you like. But actually creating good sound quality is scientific and it's statistical as well. Uh, basic, the basic start point is, for example, um, the Harmon curve is a recognized statistical breakdown, bass, middle, treble, where the general population sees, you know, will this perceive. Is, by the way, related to the name of the brand Harmon Garden? Is this why they call There's it Harmon Garden? There's a relationship in there, yeah. yeah okay. Some of the same guys. Yeah. Um, and it's a historical curve. It's been there for decades. And that, that curve basically will show you, you know, what the general public like in terms of sound. So when you go from that, that starting point with an audio brand into where your, you know, your target audience is, for example, you know, a brand that might want to target a lot of young fellas that go to the gym will increase the base on that curve, right? If they're as scientific as us, that's what you would do. Um, Bose and JBL, well, bowls, for example, will go down the middle. You know, they'll keep it um, down the middle, play it safe, stick to the Harman curve. Apple do something kind of similar. So depending on the brand, you can interpret the Harman curve yourself depending on who your, uh, your target audience is. Um, so I guess what we've done is we've gone down the middle mostly. Um, but you see, it's kind of up in the air now anyway because most people don't know this, but you know you can EQ your own music on Spotify, for example. So you can suit yourself. So the wise thing to do and what we do in One Sonic is we keep it down the middle so that somebody can tweak it up or down after that. And but actually, if you have an audio device that sounds tinny at the start, you know, as I say, you can't put, there's no point putting good alloys on, on a crap car. <laughs> yeah. So I would have always described when asked about One Sonic or because, you know, we've written about them a bit and... I sometimes get questions, particularly coming up to Christmas, actually, can you recommend um, a pair of buds, a speaker, you know, headphones, noise cancelling? And One Sonic sometimes comes into the conversation 
when it does, it as often comes into the conversation as a value proposition. You know, so I'm not necessarily placing it alongside um, Sony's um, 1000 uh, Mark IV or Mark V noise cancelling headphones. I'm not necessarily putting the the Quattro speakers, two of which I regularly use, by the way, in my own sitting room. They're they're really good as a pair, and they're pretty good value as well. Come back to the value proposition, but I wouldn't put them in the same bracket individually as you know a higher end Sony or a Bose speaker. Is that where you need to play? Is is that value end of the market? Is that by design? Is this where you have to play to succeed? Well, you see, part of our um, objective at the start was to bring sound quality to the masses. And I was mostly thinking, actually, of students in college, right? If you're in college, and I've been in college, you've been in college, there's one thing you do not have in college, is money. <laughs> so, um, you know, part of our objective was was not to, like, the products you've mentioned there from other brands, they're like three, four times the price. They are. They're Sony WH-1000XM4s are literally three to four times the price of our BBHT1 headphones. But our sound quality, and we've tested all of those other more expensive brands in our own lab. Um, and we basically, for the most part, the numbers will show that we achieve 90 to 95% of the performance, the audio performance of the big brands that are three to four times the price, right? Mm. So to my mind, we're creating a you know, a quality product that gives you that sound quality so you can enjoy your music, but you're not paying really big money. And I, you know, I think, I mean, can we create headphones that are better than Sony WH-1000XM4s? Absolutely we can, but we'd have to charge the same money as a Sony headphone then. And then would the customer not go with a bigger, more recognized brand? So it makes sense to me um, that, you know, I appreciate that we are a new, we're a new brand. We're only on the market three years. Mm. So, you know, it makes sense to me that we deliver the quality at a lower price. And, you know, and after that, we always stay true to our customer. If our customer pays us good money, we make sure they get a good product and a good service. How do you go about taking on the likes of Sony and Apple and Samsung and Bose? How do you even approach that market? You, you're a brand that up to three years ago, nobody had heard of. You're a brand in Ireland. You're starting out in Ireland. So Ireland would not traditionally have been a country um, like Germany or even the UK um, or Japan that has a long history in, in audio design or as a storied one. How do you go about taking on them in the market? Well, the first, you know, to address the second part of what you just said there, Adrian, I, I agree, yeah, we've no audio industry in Ireland. Well, until we came along and until my other company came along, we didn't have much of an acoustic industry either. Um, but, you know, like we've, we've a massive history in terms of music and creativity, innovation. I mean, there's a reason why all the big global tech companies are here because they're, they're not here because... There's like, a tax. <laughs> look, I'm, I'm not, not going to get into that. But no, I think the major reason they are here is, and I've worked when I was younger, I've worked for big American companies before. The reason they're here is because of our intelligence and our innovation. Um, you know, and they that's something that, that those companies get here. That's something that the Irish people have. And we've funneled all of that into, we've put all of that energy, all of that creative energy, the passion, our you know, love of music, and our ability in technology, we've put all of that into one Sonic, right? Um, so the fact that there hasn't been an audio industry in this country before one Sonic, I actually don't care. I don't care less. It doesn't bother me. Um, the fact that we're up against the likes of Apple, Sony, Bose, I also don't care because, you know, they're massive corporations. I mean, Apple is, you know, 
every respect to Apple. I like Apple as a brand. But, you know, they're a big corporation owned by a deceased billionaire, really, at this stage. So it's hard to find character in these big corporations now. Um, and there's no connection, really, between the big corporate brands and the customer, is there? You know, it's just, you know, it's a corporate entity. Oh, well, I mean, they would they would argue that um, that they try to foster that with billions of dollars in marketing. And, I, you know, they, you, you, if you go out, if you ask somebody under the age of, say, 23, where iPhone, for example, is the most popular brand, it's not that they identify with iPhone, but if you ask them iPhone versus Android, a lot of them will kind of turn their nose up on Android. And so there's a sort of a branding lifestyle thing going on. But, but I do take your point. Um, but the last time we spoke, I was asking you, I think, about the nitty gritty of how you go about all of this, like the, you know, the supply chain. Where do you design the product? How do you get the components? Is it cost competitive? Do you just end up in... China or Bangladesh necessarily for um, for assembly or, or production, then how do you approach retailers, for example? Now, you, I think you're in 70 stores in Ireland now, is that right? Correct, yeah. Yeah. So how is that going for you? How, how is all of that end of the business going for you? We're, we're building it nicely. I mean, we've been building the business three years now and, you know, sound quality has always remained our, our North Star. So we've always stayed true to that. And I think that that's the one thing that always filters through. Um, you know, even in the retail stores, when we get retail stores that we're, we begin stocking in and, you know, our marketing salespeople do demos of our product range. People can you really have marketing see. salespeople? Not uh, not as many as we like. <laughs> you mean you, um, do you? No, are no you not me. No, we have marketing salespeople. So we have people that go down, uh, that, that talk to the retail guys and manage our, our retail stores. Um, well, Emma, sorry, <laughs> Emma Conlon, who's superb, by the way. And, you oh, know, uh, once got we... got that in. Yep. <laughs> absolutely. Well, th this is where we're blessed as well. We have a superb team um, at OneSonic, without which we wouldn't be the, we wouldn't be three years down the road, by the way. Um, so of massive credit uh, due to the guys there. Um, but, you know, uh, how do we take on the big brands and how do we do it all? Look, it's hard work. Um, we're going through an investment process at the minute. Um, Are we raising money? We're raising money, yeah, because we want to launch in the US next year. And we've seen a lot of demand from the US that we can't fulfill at the minute. Really? How did yeah. that manifest itself? When you say that, what do you mean? Demand from like the US. emails, communication from people in the US. And we, we don't know how they even know about OneSonic because obviously we're not marketing in the US. But... Um, yeah, I think the Irish diaspora is probably a lot stronger than we'd have thought. Um, maybe it's, it's through that channel. It, mm. This is this is something that we haven't analysed or looked so at. So you're looking at that for next year and you're looking potentially to raise money now for that, is it? Yeah, correct. Okay. We're in that process at the minute, yeah. Oh, you're in the process? Yeah. So you're in discussions about that? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, okay. we're going to close that out probably in 2024. Um, and we've had, we've had some great discussions. It's about getting the right partner for us, mm. you know, um, that really believes in our, you know, objectives in, you know, what, why sound quality is so important and, you know, how we're building the brand, what it means. Uh, so, yeah, but we're looking forward to that because, you know, the US is a huge market. And as you said, we're, we're really just in Western Europe at the minute. And then su supposing you, you finished that uh discussion in terms of investment and you get the investment. Then when you go into the US, is the strategy then to try and tackle the multiples, the big box stores, or do you go for a slightly alternative, more kind of bespoke uh, way? How, how do you how do you tackle the US as an audio brand? Yeah, good question. If you have any ideas, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure your um, investors are going to be asking you about this. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, 
you know, we've already seen demand coming from the US, so we know where that's coming from, right? So, you know, that's that's given us a lot of data that we really didn't go looking for, which is a good thing. Um, and, you know, there's, once you build your brand and you get investment, there's a lot of things that you can do that we currently can't do. And as you said, like, you know, Apple have fostered their brand and they've developed their brand with a large marketing budget. Mm. That's one of the things that we don't have is a big marketing budget. And um, literally our our heaviest hitting marketing tool is the quality of our product, you know, and word of mouth. And um, that's the reality of it. We don't spend a massive amount of money on on marketing like the big brands do. Um, but, you know, that's, that's where I think once you have a good product range and you have a nice brand and it makes sense then to invest in your marketing, then that's the right thing to do. And the only way that we can really do that on a US level is with investment. Mm. You know, mm. um, but we're in, we're in an exceptionally good position now. Um, we're three years in. We've learned a great deal ourselves about the audio business. We started as audio engineers. Don't forget, we didn't start this as like you know the entrepreneurial route, if you like. We started as audio engineers, build a product range that we thought was excellent. That was the start point. And um, so you can imagine straight away all that marketing stuff and the capabilities there. We didn't have any of that, you know. Um, so I guess. You know, it's turning audio engineers into guys who can <laughs> run a business that can launch in the US and do the marketing piece. Can I ask, I might have asked you this before, but why did you want to do this? If you're a consultant and a designer, there's always going to be a certain amount of work and you get to work on interesting projects maybe sometimes and sometimes you get to work in different countries. Why do you want to make speakers here in Ireland? What attracted you to that path? God, yeah, like since I spoke to you, I've had two kids, right? So many times at half four in the morning, I say to myself, why, why did I have to do that? <laughs> you know, um, and today is one of those days. But anyway, uh, I'll, I'll tell you why really is because I really do believe that here in Ireland, we have massive um, innovative capability. And it comes from, I, I was at a lecture years ago, uh, 20 years ago in at the Boyle Arts Festival, by Rory Quinn, right? And he was talking about, I'll, I'll never forget this lecture, I think some of the things he said were, were really, they've stuck with me, but he was talking about how, um, you know, the Irish uh, history and storytelling, um, music, drama, how that has fed our innovative culture and, you know, which has created this tech scene here in Ireland. He was the first person I heard draw a link between those two things. And it kind of stuck with me. And I thought myself, um, you know, I thought we, we have, that opportunity, you know, ourselves in Allegro Acoustics, my other company, where we have the understanding of music and sound and we understand technology. We, we understood all of the bits that we needed to understand to create a brand, but we were working for other, other audio companies. And I just got to one particular day where it just struck me. I said, we have to do this ourselves because, you know, we're the only ones that I can see that have had the opportunity to found an Irish audio brand. It's something we should have. Like, why shouldn't we have an audio brand? And to me... But then what, why... Do you do it? Like, why Why do you want to be the one to do it? Well, we had the opportunity and um, if we don't do it, is anyone going to do it? You know, can you imagine we didn't bother doing it? Mm. Um, can you imagine here in Ireland if every time somebody has a great idea that they think is a great idea and they believe in, right? And they're like, I could create a business that does this or create a brand or create an entity that does this and it'll be a new thing here in Ireland. Can you imagine we didn't do it? You know? That'd be that'd be a bit crap, wouldn't it? It'd be a bit useless. So I felt I felt yeah. actually we can do this, and I actually felt a responsibility. Do you, you know, let me tell you something interesting. Um, we launched in October 2020, and we had a massive amount of product development done come February March 2020 when COVID lockdown hit. 
And I remember I was out walking the dog at half 12 one night and I just said to myself, we have to pull this launch plan because I don't know what's going to happen. There's a virus going around the world at a rate of knots. All the shops are closed. We have to pull this uh, we have to pull this plan to launch One Sonic because I really don't know where it's going to go. And uh, before I got home from the walk, I had a, I'd had a headache for months and the headache was gone, right? And the reason the headache was gone was because I knew I had to do it. I knew it was high risk. And when I gave myself the out, which was the COVID lockdown, I was like, thank God, I don't have to do it now. Um, but then I realized about three weeks later, in fact, no, if you're going to do it, now's the time because COVID lockdown, same reason. You mentioned uh, to me previously that you've plans for the obviously the states in 2024, and you suggested as well that maybe there are some non-tech plans as well. Is that right? Non-tech plans yeah, for plans with one outside time? hardware. No, a we. I'm not sure how much you. <laughs> I'm not sure how much you know, and I can't remember if what I've told you. Um, we do have plans yeah, outside of audio hardware. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we're launching a smartwatch. We're working on a smartwatch range at the minute. Um, which we're hoping to launch in 2024. And the basis of our smartwatch is two key um, aspects, I guess. One, um, we're creating music, uh, a smartwatch for, for the music lover. So it's just configured for a music lover, somebody who uses their smartwatch mostly to listen to and stream music. And yeah, sorry, that's the second piece, is the streaming piece. Currently, if you go for a jog or go to the gym, you have to bring your phone with you in most cases uh, to stream music, to stream Spotify, stream content. We're developing a smartwatch where you don't have to... You know, you don't have to stream through your phone. You're, it's, you know, your eSIM enabled, and you can do that through your your smartwatch, basically. Wow. Well, the eSIM because the eSIM uh, process and market has been a difficult one um, in in Ireland. Uh, the only manufacturer, I believe, who has an eSIM arrangement at the moment is Samsung. Yeah, correct. And that is th- with Vodafone, I believe. Correct. Apple's not yet in the market. They are, but it's you've kind of you have to jump through hoops with the technology. It's not just quite as simple as the Samsung Vodafone setup. Yeah, if you would bear me sixty seconds or thirty seconds, you might give me an idiot's an idiot's explanation as to why that is on the Apple front. Um, yeah, it's okay. It's there's there's complications surrounding the whole eSIM thing and splitting a SIM into the one account and all that and I'm I don't think you want an idiot's guy to it except mm. um, it's the sort it's the sort of technology that we're working on to come up with a good solution right mm. um, and it's not entirely simple we're partners with three as it is uh, we sell our product range through three mm. uh, the three experience stores so. Um, we are looking to work with three more and more on the eSIM side, on the communication side of their business. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's kind of, it's that sort of undeveloped territory between the carriers and the hardware suppliers. You know, don't forget three Vodafone, all the big guys, none of, the, none of those guys do hardware really. And then Apple, Samsung, none of those guys do carrier stuff. Vodafone used to do some hardware. They used to rebrand uh, phones and, and other things. Alcatel stuff, I think it was Alcatel stuff. Their own entry-level smartphones. They actually weren't bad. They were good value because you were selling them for 100 quid and they were actually reasonable enough. Um, there you go. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's in the future. I guess the only other question I'd have for you is where do you think OneSonic's going to be in a few years' time? Where do I think OneSonic is going to be in a few years' time? Yeah. Um, well, we spent three years working on a strategy. And, you know, our strategy, as I've said already, you know, sound quality is our North Star. And we already know that with that objective, 
we can win a portion of the market. We've done that here in ROI and, and a little bit in the UK. So we intend keeping going, uh, doing what we're doing, bringing our product range to the US. Um, we, we The markets that we're in at the moment are very small. So the US, it really is a huge opportunity for us. And, you know, ultimately we see, um, you know, One Sonic as the audio range for music lovers, people who enjoy listening to, to music and content and stuff. So, um, yeah, growing that out of Ireland really is is our main objective at the minute and we have all the pieces in place to do that thankfully. Um, and you even veered from a design point of view from just black into grey. Yeah, someone told me there about 18 months ago that there was other colours outside black. I, I actually <laughs> didn't know that. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm so. used to seeing a lot of the One Sonic stuff in black because you have the Quattro Bluetooth speaker which <clears throat> I use um, at home. Um, you have the noise cancelling headphones, uh, true wireless stereo headphones, and noise cancel earphones and noise cancelling earbuds uh, as well. And now the Mega Mouse wireless speaker, which I haven't tried yet. I'm looking forward to trying that. But David Colley, thank you very much for joining us again. I hope you'll talk to us again in three years' time, and you'll have conquered the US and uh, and other countries as well. And that's all we have time for on the Big Tech Show. You've been listening to me, Adrian Weckler. Thanks to John Smith on audio and JJ Clark, who produced. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Yeah, having my head shoved into the uh, steps of the Ulster Bank in Ranla, called butt of a gun and put into the back of your skull. That's a moment where you go, okay, yeah, I think this one's up. How does a high-flying academic become one of Ireland's most prolific bank robbers? What I would see is the most important part of this still lies open. I'm Not Here to Hurt You, a brand new series from the award-winning team behind the Indo Daily. That November day, that's where it all, all begins. Out now, wherever you get your podcasts.